You are Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. Fantasy football all day, every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 5th. Willie and Derek here from Fantasy Football 24-7. You can find me on Twitter at WillieFF247. Hit up Derek at Debro underscore FFB. You can find us on the main page at FFB underscore 247. On today's show, we will talk some week 14 games of the week, dive into some DFS like we do every week, and we're going to do something a little bit different uh, today. We're going to do a backfield review on the Chargers, Chiefs, and Steelers, obviously news surrounding those teams. So we'll dive into that backfield. Debra, what's popping, bro? Dude, I'm ready to talk some football. I mean, you know, I mean, let's let's get to it, man. It's, it's another week, another time to get some points and uh, get a little bit closer to those trophies, dude. Let's do it, bro. I got a, I got a nice spot saved for my belt and my league of record. Going in, fifty three point lead going into this week. Feeling good. It's a, it's a two week battle. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm looking to move on to to the finale, though. You know what I'm saying? Hell yes, man. I mean, look, you got to feel good about it. I gotta I gotta dust off a little spot on the shelf for uh, the big old trophy. I'm gonna take home too, man. Let's do it, bro. All right, before we get started, do not forget to get entered to win that signed Earl Campbell Hall of Fame edition jersey this year. All you have to do to enter to win is rate and review us on iTunes. Be sure to leave your Twitter handle or email in your review so we can get a hold of you. All right, man, let's do this. Fantasy Games of the Week. What better week than to fire it up? You know, whether you're you you this is your week two of the playoffs or week one, man, uh, these games are going to be huge. Which ones that you are – what's your game that you are circling – that you know is going to bring home some fantasy points. Dude, it's got to be Panthers and Browns. And I just look at both of these offenses, both these defenses, and I just think it's going to be points galore. You have Cam Newton coming into this game. We know the high floor, high ceiling that he represents weekly. And going up against the Browns, I mean, I think that Cam is due for another explosive game in this one. We haven't seen him do a whole lot of running. I mean, uh, out of uh, the last five games, he only has one with above 40 rushing yards. I really think, I mean, the news coming out about his shoulder was kind of giving him issues. I think that this is a game where he's going to rely on the short passing game, and we're going to see Cam have to take off and run a lot more. And So, I mean, we all know Konami code, man. As far as Baker and this one, dude, with, with Freddie Kitchens as the OC, QB 13, QB 5, 5, and 18 with that rough game against the Texans. Dude, that is two top five finishes over his last four weeks. And for a guy that, look, since Kitchens has been back there, his yards per attempt have gone up every week over the last three weeks. Carolina pass defense is god-awful. They've been giving up 300-yard games to tons of passers. I want to say it's like the last four out of the last six quarterbacks that have faced them have gone above 300 yards and two touchdowns. As far as the running backs in this one, Christian McCaffrey, dude, he has just been a beast. I mean, 10 touchdowns over his last six games. I think this is another smash spot for him going against the Browns. Four of his last five games, he's been a top three running back. So you know he's going to have the points in this one, especially what I was talking about with Cam and the short pass game. That's where McCaffrey's going to just make hey, man. As far as Chubb, I mean, every single week he's been having 18 or more touches outside of last week. So I think that 
you know, the thing that kind of goes under the radar with him right now is he's got an 80% catch rate since he's become the starter. So he's been used more in the passing game. Almost every game lately, you can kind of book him for three targets, and he's catching two or three of those balls and turn it into 30 or 40 more points. So it's not just the early downs for him. The wide receivers, I think Landry is going to stack another smooth game. And this one, we saw him lead the team in air yards last week, as well as he led the team in A dot and targets with nine, which was definitely a reverse of the course for him because outside of that, the last few weeks with Freddie Kitchens, his targets have been down. His red zone role had just absolutely dried up. I think this is another week where Landry eats. Uh, as far as the Panthers, uh, DJ Moore, I think, has a good game in this one. The thing about it is I kind of worry some if Cam's not going to throw it deep. I mean, I, I the targets are going to be there because we've seen him take over the lead in targets the last few weeks. He led the team in air yards per target last week. The guy that I really am curious he's going to have a blow-up week is Curtis Samuel. Coming off 11 target game, he's had one red zone target in each of his last three weeks. I mean, he's a full-time player right now. So I think that he he could be the sneaky start in this one that's going to put up some fantasy points. As far as tight ends, I'm not backing off of David and Joku. The Panthers are giving up. They're in the top part of the league. I think the top three as far as fantasy points allowed to tight ends per game. They're in the bottom of the league as far as DVOA versus the position. So I think this is another spot with David and Joku. I know people are going to say, yeah, you said that last week versus the Texans. And it didn't happen. The matchup, you got to go with the matchup, and the matchup is right this week. Ian Thomas, I ain't worried about him, man. I just, I again, we got five targets, five receptions. Olsen's out of this one. But I think the Cam is going to feed CMC. I think he's going to feed DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel in this one. But the tons of points. This could easily, this could easily be a shootout this week. Man, I need Cam to come up big this week. So fire up some fantasy points, dude. My game of the week has got to be. Saints at the Bucks. Last time we saw these teams meet in week one, dude, there was 88 points combined put on the board. Highest point total on the week on this week's slate. And I want as many players in this game as possible. Starting off with the quarterback, uh, we know Saints offense is looking to bounce back here, and that starts with Drew Brees. Only scored one touchdown and seven fantasy points. I still cannot believe that, but it, it happened. But, look, he should be able to make up for this week. Scored 15 touchdowns in the previous four games before that matchup against the Cowboys last week. Averaged just over 27 points per game in that span. Uh, he's going up against one of the league's worst defenses, uh, to, to put it nicely, man. Allowing the third most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks on the year. No one has allowed more passing touchdowns to quarterbacks. Bree should have a monster bounce back game. I am not worried about what this team was able to do uh, with Cam Newton picking him off. Multiple times, uh, Breeze is a different beast, man. Uh, for Jameis Winston, 20-plus fantasy points in back-to-back games. Saints defense, it was looking pretty good entering last week, uh, but did allow a very efficient game to Dak. They didn't, you know, he didn't go crazy, uh, but it was a pretty efficient game last week. And they're still allowing the, the fourth-most fantasy points per game and the second-most yards to quarterbacks. I think because of the, what we've seen between these teams, uh, what we saw specifically in week one, uh, in it, it has shootout, man. Anytime that you're looking at the highest point total on the board, get some players in it. Jameis Winston is a strong start for me this week. For the running backs, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, both strong starts per usual. Kamara led the team in targets last week, called in eight receptions. Mark Ingram's matchup is, is, is there on paper. Bucks allowing the third most rushing touchdowns 
And on the flip side for Kamara, they are allowing the third most receiving touchdowns to running backs on the year. Do not overthink it. Get these guys in your lineup. This offense, it's got to be fired up ready to put some points on the board. Uh, Tampa Bay backfield, this is the one, well, one of the spots that I do want to avoid in this game if possible. Peyton Barber got into the end zone last week, but I mean, let's, he still only managed 45 yards on the ground. That's less than three yards per carry. Winston led the team in rushing. And I know you can say, well, look what Zeke did. Zeke's managed a big game against the uh, against the Saints, but a lot of that was due to his receiving. Uh, the Saints defense still managed to hold him to 3.3 per carry and held Tevin Coleman to less than a yard per carry the week before that. I want no part of this Bucks backfield in this one. Uh, for the wide receivers, I talked about Michael Thomas last night in our bounce back segment. Um, I recommend you go back and listen to that if you need convinced to start the number five wide receiver in fantasy. Hopefully not. Traquan Smith, though, what I will say, he is a strong start for me this week as well. Bucks secondary has allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers and the second most touchdowns to the position. We know how quick Traquan can throw up some points. I know he's put up two, two uh, scoreless games, one due to injury, one just due to kind of a, a game to put behind him. But I am firing him back up with confidence. On the flip side for the for the Bucks, Mike Evans, we can expect a shadow here from Marcus Lattimore in this one. Only saw six targets last week. I will say that he did go off in week one against this team. 147 yards and a touchdown. If you own him, you have to fire him up, man. Uh, and, and the news broke not too long, not too uh, long ago, but it sounds like Deshaun Jackson could be held out for the rest of the year. That means cha-ching, cha-ching for Chris Godwin. And, look, he had himself a game last week, 101 yards and a touchdown, an obvious start if Jackson misses any more time. And, and Adam Humphreys is, is in play here too, man. Like, at some point, we, this dude's got to get some love and we got to stop even questioning, you know, is he worth the start? Led the team in targets. Led the team in targets and also scored a touchdown last week. He's an every week flex play for me moving forward, absolutely. For the tight ends, Cameron Brait actually dropped a touchdown last week or his stat line would have been – it would have looked a lot sweeter, man. Uh, but, look, he still still saw six targets. He has that top five tight end upside every week just based on the fact that we know this defense is not that great. This Jameis Winston does love to throw the ball, and Cameron Brait is the tight end there with O.J. Howard down to the picture. What I will add is the Saints have been damn good against tight ends, giving up the third fewest points per game to the position on the season. But, hey, I'm still firing up Cameron Brate. And for the Saints, there is no tight end of fantasy relevancy. Uh, fantasy relevant. So we will just skip over that position. Did I miss anything there for your boys? So uh, I, I do think that Dan Arnold could be a, a sneaky little spot in here. I think uh, he's been more involved in the offense uh, as far as tight ends for the Saints. But, dude, I would love some Chris Godwin in this one. Djax is out. We saw it, dude. The Cowboys absolutely went after Eli Apple. He was terrible and picked on him. Gallup should have had a long touchdown in the last game. And as bad as that sounds, I mean, I'm talking bad about my team here, but Gallup should have had a great game. Chris Godwin would probably be the guy that's going to see him because I think Lattimore would probably be on uh, Mike Evans. So Godwin could absolutely eat up some Eli Apple this week. So I love him, man. I think there's going to be fantasy points all over. I think this is going to be a shootout game. It has to be, right? If not, man, we'll be in for another disappointing uh, week with the Saints game. 
but hey, they're gonna I, they'll pull it out, dude. They're gonna they're gonna bounce back, uh, and, and if not, then we'll 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 talk offline, and I'll calm you down. And we'll we'll move forward. So, all right, before we move on, <laughs> let's talk to the people about my bookie. Look, whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you are the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn a hundred dollars into six hundred bucks just like that. There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, and even esports. You name it. My bookie is the one bet that I know you'll be happy with all year. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to my bookie right now and use promo code locked on and get 50% deposit bonus. Promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, man, let's do this. Let's, we're talking about money. Let's keep the train going. Let's jump over to our DFS pick and stack of the week. Who do you got for me, man? So my pick for this week has got to be Keenan Allen. I mean, right now he is, oh, let me look him up, 7,400 on DraftKings. And for Keenan Allen, man, that is way too damn cheap. I mean, the guy has been money over this. Taking on the Bengals this week, they've been giving up 17.8 points per game to wide receiver ones, which is on the bottom half of the league. And you look at Keenan Allen. So his last few weeks, target-wise, 19 last game, 7, 12, 9, 10. And the guy has been above 72 yards and had – uh, in four of his last five games, touchdowns in each of his last four. So that price tag going against his Bengals defense, that is terrible, and the offense is not great, losing A.J. Green. So if the Chargers bear down on that and make some short fields, I think that another week without Elvin Gordon, Keenan Allen is going to feast in this one. As far as my stack, dude, it's got to be Matt Ryan and Julio. And part of this, I mean, I think that they're good in cash and tournament plays because people saw they face planted last week. You know, and so I think that people are going to be off of them. And you look at, they're going against Green Bay. The last few weeks against Green Bay, quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, because you got some crappy ones like Rosen, the way he's playing, going against them last week. The last few quarterbacks that are in the Matt Ryan tier that have faced the Green Bay Packers, Jared Goff, 295, three touchdowns. Tom Brady, 294, one. Wilson, 225 and two touchdowns. And Cousins lit them up. 342 and three touchdowns. And I think that Matt Ryan has another awesome game in this one. And Julio, dude, every single week, Julio has a chance to go off. And I think that this could be one of those games where he goes a little bit lower on because people are going to be like, ah, he sucked last week. And then, I mean, dude, last, he has pretty much been locked for the last few weeks for at least six before last week for six catches and over 100 yards. And I think that this could be one of the smash weeks where we see Ryan stack around 300 yards, three touchdowns, and Julio just goes off for like 180 and two. I, I'm I'm all over it, man. I just feel like that as Matt Ryan is priced on the slate, I think he's like QB 11, QB 12, and Julio is not. He's somewhere in that top five, top six wide receivers. Both of them could be winning weeks. Love it, man. My my guy got to start with Gus Edwards, and look what I will say is we we, we get we got to see what that ankle's doing. Uh, but if he is okay to play, forty five hundred bucks, I'm gonna take that all day. Great matchup against the Chiefs, who are giving up the third most fantasy fantasy points per game. We saw them get 
beat up by the Raiders on the ground last week, gave up over seven yards per carry to the Raiders running backs on 27 carries. Um, now, let me say this. If Gus Edwards is limited or unable to play, Ty Montgomery is going to be in every one of my lineups because he has some sneaky tournament upside uh, here. He led the team in targets last week, and the Chiefs are giving up the most receiving yards and receiving touchdowns to running backs this year. Uh, you, you know, but hey, go, back to Gus Edwards, dude. The dude has had over 20 carries in back-to-back games, dude. If he is playing, I feel great with him. If if any, if there's any issue, I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to go to Ty Montgomery because I think one of these running backs is going to go off against the Chiefs. For my stack, more of a cash cash play here, but I'm going Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and, and I just spoke on both these guys and how I fully expect these guys to to have monster games. They're easily worth the price tag for me uh, j- just because I, I I know the matchups there and we know that the, where they're going to put you in a cash lineup. You know what I mean? They're, they're your bankable options this week. Maybe there's a little bit less ownership based on last week's performance. I doubt it, but regardless – these dudes are in store for monster week. So at least just keep up with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely, man. I just feel like there's no way that they don't go out and smash this week. The saints are going to smash the bucks and the defense cannot stop them. I know that they've got Levante David and a few of the pieces back there, but you don't think that Sean Payton coming off a bad loss is not going to come out, stick his foot and just shove it down in the gas pedal and be like, I don't care if we're up 40 to nothing. We're still going to sit here and put put our foot on their throats and put up some points this week. Yeah, I, I really do feel bad for, for the Bucks this week. <laughs> Let's hit the running back checkup real quick. Let's Like we said, we're going to dive into – we'll start with Kansas City. And there's news surrounding these three teams that we're going to dive into. Obviously, the we all know what's going on with Kansas City. Uh, Spencer Ware, the lead back there. We saw they're bringing in Sharkandrick West. We we know Damon Williams is in the picture. How are you evaluating this backfield moving forward, man? And what pieces uh, are, are you are you dialed in on trying to avoid? What, what's your take? So I still think that Spencer Ware is the back to own here. I, I saw a, a tweet earlier up from Graham Barfield talking about you know his touch rate, his usage rate, snap rates, all that kind of stuff fits with Andy Reid's history. For his lead backs. I mean, I know the guy didn't have this big explosive week, but this is first game back as lead back in this offense. He still got 15 touches compared to you look at Williams had a seven. And so I Sharkandrick West is, he knows the offense. He's familiar with it, but there's a reason that the chiefs got rid of him. He's not the long-term answer. And I don't think that he poses a huge, huge threat to where, I think that people just need to adjust how they're viewing where anybody thinking that he's going to be this, you know, just lock and loaded top five, top 10 running back. I never really viewed him as that going into it. I put him more around that like 14, 15 ish range is where I had him ranked last week. And so somewhere in that middle RB two tier is about where I think he settles. So anybody that was looking at him as a top five option, just take hunt out, put where in, I think they were kind of looking at this a little bit inaccurately. How do you see it, Willie? I think all this really does is change things up for for there not being a handcuff for wear that you can dial in on. Before, I thought you know Williams was worth an ad just in case something happened to wear. I do think people are overreacting to to one week of Spencer Ware uh, not 
quote unquote living up to expectations. Uh, depending on what leagues you play in, he still put in a, a decent number, and we cannot forget what offense this guy plays on. Like you said, he he vastly outtouched the other running backs, um, and he plays on an offense that puts up points quicker than any other in the league. That's all I need to know. He's getting a huge share of, of the touches in the backfield, and he plays on an explosive offense. I, I don't – I agree with you saying that people – thought that they could just slide him into Kareem Hunt's slot. And that's not the case from a consistency standpoint. But you better believe Spencer Ware can still go off for, you know, I would not – on this offense, any player can go off for a 30-point game. That's just – it just depends on how they end up scoring that game. You know what I'm saying? Because we know they're going to put up points. So Spencer Ware, I am still comfortable starting with him. Like I said, the only thing that changes is is it bumps down all those other guys. They're not worth picking up just because we don't know how – they would play out. No, I agree with you. And people were like asking me, like, do I add Williams? Do I add Damian? Do I add all this kind of stuff? I'm like, uh, I mean, that's kind of to assume that that uh, he's a good player, which I don't think that he is. So no, like, I that you know we we get all cuff crazy at this time of the year, and it's like, but the other part about it is like, do you see the guy behind the starter? One, having talent, and two, is there, like, certainty. Like, if Zeke goes out, you know it's going to be Rod Smith. You know that dude's talented, and you know that there's nobody else. So, like, it's not the same thing when you look at Kansas City. So, I absolutely agree with you. Well, and let perfect segue to the next team we'll talk about. Even when you clearly identify or think you clearly identify the guy that would be a bell cow and there's nobody else to worry about, like we did with the Chargers all season long, identified early on in the season, we said Austin Eckler and which he did, he had value, uh, you know, throughout the season at times as well. He, he, he was, he was legit. And then he gets multiple opportunities with Melvin Gordon out of the lineup. He doesn't perform to the insane expectations in that Tennessee Titans game. We see, we know what happened with the Steelers dude. Justin Jackson has now emerged as, you know, he almost had a coming out part against the Steelers. And now everybody's trying to figure out who is the guy to own, and and I think it's I think it's a valid valid question based on what we've seen uh, in the Steelers game. But before I give my take on my bolts, I want to know how are you approaching these guys? You got to take one of these guys, assuming because real quick, Melvin Gordon, we don't know when we're going to see him back, and I am hoping the Chargers learn their lesson when he got hurt because he was questionable to play. Most most people didn't even think he was going to play in that game. He plays, gets hurt. Hopefully, they learn their lesson and they let this dude heal up. They're clearly, uh, you know, on a playoff path. So I don't expect them to rush him back by any means. I do think we see another game of Eckler and Jackson. How are you approaching those two? Uh, I agree with you one on the fact that I think that Gordon definitely sits. I feel like they they screwed it up the first time. And I feel like, all right, we were dumb that time. Let's not try to do that again, especially this week, dude. The Bengals, there is no doubt. They're going to win that game. They don't need no Melvin Gordon. I've loved Austin Eckler all season, but I looked at him as a a Chris Thompson-esque kind of player that he does – he's very efficient with what he's given. But if you kind of run him out there and expect that he's going to be this 15, 17, 18 touch running back, I just don't view him as that. And it's not so much size. It's just the fact that his efficiency we've seen drops off the more touches that he gets. I just, 
you know, I mean, and that's he faced two tough run defenses in in Tennessee and the Steelers. So, do I think that he could have a much more efficient game this week? Yes. The guy that I'm really kind of looking at because I I saw some comments earlier today on Twitter that uh, Lynn came out and he's like, look, you know, Eckler, we don't want to run him into the ground. I think that Justin Jackson, with what he's done over these last two weeks when he's been given touches, dude, I think it's a change in the guard. I think that they give Justin Jackson a a, a chance to kind of be the 1A to Eckler's 1B until Gordon comes back. I mean, if I'm running somebody out there, say Gordon's out this week and next week, I'm leaning Justin Jackson and not Austin Eckler, honestly. And and as much as I love Eckler, I just think that you've seen the efficiency. And, you, I mean, with the coach's comments, I, I'm, I'm actually going to go Jackson on this one. Where do you stand? Well, you know who I'm rolling with, man. I'm going Justin Jackson here. And, and, and you just said why. They're playing the Bengals this week. So for this week, it's no question Justin Jackson. They are a 14-point favorite at home. And you, you spoke about it, man. Justin Jackson has – and I talked about it last night, how efficient he's been on his limited carries over the past two weeks, averaging eight yards per carry. I still think that Eckler is the guy with the higher upside in a PPR setting. But if we're talking half point or standard leagues, Justin Jackson by a mile, man, just because one this week it's the Bengals. They, they, they should be playing with a lead. You would, you would expect to see, uh, you know, minimal passing numbers. This team, ranks near the bottom of the league anyways in terms of passing attempts. I expect to see a lot of Justin Jackson in this one. The following week, let's say uh, Melvin Gordon's still out. Well, then I think the Chargers playing the Chiefs, that's a game that suits Austin Eckler. So I still think both these guys can be that 1A guy, depending on game flow. But as of right now, man, Justin Jackson has to get some more, more play with Melvin Gordon out, and hopefully you scoop this dude up off the waiver wire. If, if you were hurting from that Melvin Gordon injury. Yeah, I mean, somebody asked me earlier today, they said, okay, who do I get, Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson? And I said, um, can you get both? Uh, Absolutely. I, I think you should get both. Considering the next two matchups, I definitely think that you could see both of these running backs have like RB2 weeks. That's how good the matchups are for the next two weeks. Well, and we saw Austin Eckler, you know, tear it up when Melvin Gordon, he had monster weeks when Melvin Gordon was playing. Mm-hmm. And we know what the, the volume monster that he is. So let alone if he's getting, you know, closer to a 60, 40, 50, 50, both these guys can absolutely be productive with how efficient uh, JJ is running. And then you look at Eckler with the receiving upside. All right. Last team we're going to hit Pittsburgh. We spoke about Jalen Samuels on yesterday's uh, pod and last week's episode as well. We hear today, James Conner is out this week. How long he's going to be out, we don't know. But we, we, we talked a little about this yesterday. Jalen Samuels, Stephen Ridley, how are you approaching this? Are you worried about a committee here? Or, or, or can we expect Jalen Samuels to step in and possibly be you know, a, a true difference maker as we enter either the first or second week of fantasy playoffs, depending on your league setting? So I think that if you look at this offense – Just straight up look at the offense and look what they expect out of their running back position. They want somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield, and that sure as hell is not Steven Ridley. So for all the talk and people are like, yeah, Ridley can get the run, screw that noise, man. I'm not about that. Like I think Jalen Samuels was the guy they drafted to possibly be that Le'Veon Bell replacement. 
if James Conner didn't work out. I mean, you know, and, and some of that's a little bit speculative on my part, but they want running backs that can catch the ball. Really doesn't do that. And Tomlin came out and said it's going to be a committee. That What does that mean? So 60-40, 70-30, it's still Jalen Samuels for me. I mean, he really didn't even get any run in the last game after Connor went out. I don't know if he was even active or not, but hell, if Ridley's going to be the guy and he's the direct backup and you're so worried about him, that even if he wasn't active, then why the hell wasn't he? Because he's supposed to be the backup. He's supposed to be the guy that gets the run. That's not the case, man. It's Jalen Samuels. And yeah, I'd, I'd feel if I was in a pinch, if I was a Connor owner, yeah, I'd run him out there. I think in a PPR he is best viewed probably as a low end two this week. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am all aboard the Jalen Samuels train. Uh, I, I think that we this this cat, and I do not think he is an elite runner, um, but I think he is good enough mixed with a the ability to catch the ball that very few running backs in this league have. He is two hundred twenty five pounds as well. He this is not just a scat back that can catch the ball. No, this is a big boy. They can run routes, play multiple positions. And if you throw him at running back, which I believed he should have been at and not at a tight end, which some people thought entering the league, on this offense, absolutely he has the ability to to step in big, man. I expect Steven Ridley to end this week with, I'll give him nine carries. The rest, I expect. For what, like 22 yards? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I expect Jalen Samuels to carry a bulk of the load and mix in with the fact that this dude is going to be targeted. He caught all three of his targets in limited action in that, in that chargers game, 20 yards and a touchdown. It was, it was so quick just to see the upside on the Steelers offense. We just talked about it with the chiefs. It's the same thing here. You're plugging in a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield and run it. I'm pumped, man. I it, it, look, I, the, the only thing I'm sad about is before the, Game started last week, and I dropped him to pick somebody else up. And uh, you know, I really wish that that I hadn't done that. But I'm fi- <laughs> I'm firing up Jalen Samuels, man, anywhere I can. Yeah, and I know dynasty wise, like coming into the season, I know you're really big on him as far as when we were breaking down all these prospects, man. So uh, I'm not surprised to hear you take on it. I love the guy too. I think that he's he definitely could have a really good week this week. Uh, we we shall see. That is a wrap. Like I said, you can find me on Twitter at WillieFF247. Hit up Derek at dburrow underscore FFB and find us on the main page at FFB underscore 247. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. We will preview a Thursday night game. We'll get an injury update with Ethan, and it will be some more fun to get everybody ready for the weekend. Debro, we'll catch you next time. Hell yes, man. The 24-7. We're out.